0: heard first take I mean it's just pathetic but it's predictable we've heard your take
1: you have to take care of the people and the athletes consider them
0: more important than the money now it's time for Jason's take exclusively on the first take your take podcast
2: it's first take your take on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Also Samuel Casting on ESPN News, I'm Jonathan Hood. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and all of our guests are on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, like Adam Rittenberg, who covers college football. Our senior college football writer joins us here on First Take, Your Take. Adam, as always, I appreciate your time. Uh, before we talk about player empowerment, I want to get your thoughts on the story that you had on your Twitter regarding the Pac-12 uh, clearly a conference as big as the Pac-12 is going through a financial strain. How difficult is this in the Pac-12 right now?
3: Well, sure, uh, John, it's difficult for all these uh, conferences, and you know, everyone's trying to you – know, they've had their models for, for months, really since COVID hit back in March, about all the different scenarios. And the one that no one really wanted to get to, but you have to look at, is the possibility of a canceled season. And so I think you're referring to the piece from the Mercury News, and John Wilner does a great job covering the conference. Who reported that the PAC 12 is looking at a loan program uh, where you know essentially to cover these its members if there's no football or at the very least with the projected revenue losses that they would be able to uh, to, to receive a loan I believe over ten years they could be able to pay that back with uh, with projected you know future revenues and that could be a way to get around some of these doomsday scenarios you hear. From athletic directors about what, what it would be like if there is no season this fall, which is still a very real possibility. So I, I, I would expect this should be something that other leagues would look at as just a, an option for their schools. It's not a requirement, but just an option to, uh, to try to handle you know, some of the financial hits that are undoubtedly coming this fall and in the spring.
2: Adam you also talked about an outline for Wisconsin as a team with issues looking to try to raise their financial pro- profile as well
3: right right so their athletic director Barry Alvarez uh, about a week and a half maybe two weeks ago uh, had a, a letter to fans where he you know outlined the uh, you know the, the projected revenue losses which would be 67 70 million dollars even if there's a season pretty much without fans in the stand and if there's no season, you know, they're projecting 100 million dollars in uh, in revenue losses, and so uh, Wisconsin. You know, he in that previous letter he, he did everything but ask for money, and then today they uh, they outlined their 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 new program, which uh, which they believe is necessary to you know kind of sustain their program, you know, through uh, what which should be a very very difficult fiscal year ahead.
2: Adam Rittenberg covers college football for ESPN. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, on First Take, Your Take on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So let's talk about player empowerment. As I mentioned to open up the show, Adam, and as a Gen Xer, I didn't know I could say no uh, to any college coach or any, anyone that's in authority as far as coaches are concerned. But clearly the Pac-12 and the Big Ten players put together something that I think that is very smart as far as uh, the safeguards for COVID-19. What was your initial reaction, especially as of late, with the Big Ten putting together their proposal
3: Right so the big Ten player proposal is a little different than the Pac-12. 12 it is similar in that both stress health and safety but the Big Ten proposal is really built around that you know their their items and the demands that they would like the, the league to meet are are really around uh, with exception of a few um, just just how, how are you going to ensure our safety during you know this this uncertain time of trying to play a college football season amid a, a global pandemic and you know, they, they, they mentioned having a third party uh, overseeing uh, COVID testing, which the league announced today that it will. It's going to have centralized testing by a, a third party laboratory. Um, you know, having, uh, uh, you know, obviously adhering to all the different guidelines is going to be, um, you know, very, very important. They mentioned temperature checks in there. Uh, they mentioned the, the, san- the sanitation protocols and then um, the different um, things that you have to do that, that they feel are necessary when there are positive tests. And there obviously have been, you know, a number of schools in the Big Ten, have had to pause workouts, whether there's a, a lot of positive tests or just one positive test, and you have to make sure everybody uh, goes through the different quarantining and retesting. And so, you know, this group of players is just adamant that uh, that things need to be safe. And it sounds like they've had some dialogue already with the conference, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, telling a colleague Heather Dennis today that he read this letter and uh, looks forward to continuing That uh, process. Uh, And and, the Pac 12 one was certainly broader, bringing up revenue, uh, 50 50 split, and those types of things, whereas the Big Ten was very much focused on health and safety.
2: The story from Myron Metcalf from ESPN.com regarding the Colorado State University story. Can you delve into that? How surprised were you about the investigation with Colorado State and COVID 19?
3: Right. So, you know, I think this is a, again, the allegations are very disturbing. And, you know, Myron spoke to a number of players and some staff members at Colorado State, you know, that were alleging that you know, they just weren't following the, the, the safety protocols as, as closely as they needed to be. And you know, Colorado State was uh, was flagged as an outbreak um, in, in their area. That was uh, a couple of weeks ago. They had to uh, pause their workouts. Um, I know there was another story locally that came out about this, uh, Colorado State pushed back against pretty hard. But then, you know, with, with Myron's story, they, they've now said they're going to start an investigation into these very, very troubling uh, you know claims. And so we'll see where that goes. But uh, you know, if, if 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 most of that is found to be true, it, it, it's certainly a, a very damaging look for a program that's uh, that's saying that they're they're doing everything they can to keep their athletes safe.
2: Adam Rittenberg covers college football for ESPN. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, on First Take, Your Take on ESPN Radio and the ESPN News. It was nice to see the Big Ten schedule come out. Um, I know you got a chance to take a look at it. Anything stands out to you about the ebb and flow of the schedule or key matchups?
3: right, so the, the key here with a lot of these schedules that they need mo- most with the big 10 of any other is the flexibility component and you know they they, they have 41 of their 70 games that can be moved to another week, uh, which we know is is likely if the season is even attempted that there's going to be some stoppages and some postponements and rescheduling of games. And so, you know, I had heard initially that they were going to front load their schedule with division games and, you know, talking to one of the assistant commissioners today, they, they were going to do that, but uh, it, it just became apparent. The, the best way to do this was to, was to build in as many open weeks as possible and have a game like Ohio state, Michigan, which is now scheduled for August or sorry, October 24th. I, I was told that can be moved for, to uh, a number of weekends in November or even, some weekends in December, so uh, that that gives them the flexibility they feel to get in what we'd all agree is the most important game on the Big Ten calendar, certainly on the Ohio State and Michigan calendars. And so, yeah. you know, they open with cross division games, they end with cross division games, they have their division games kind of in the middle that can be moved around a lot. And uh, you know, this is a model that uh, you know it seemed like there was a, a lot of uh, unity around that hey let's let's make let's give ourselves the the widest possible range to get in the most games that we can get. And ideally, you get in the most important games that you can get, which are the the division games to at least uh, try to determine a champion on on the East and West divisions.
2: Adam, I'm glad you spent some time with me. I just want to get your thoughts with uh, uh, the intersection of college football and COVID-19. Hopefully we'll have a, a season. We'll see what happens.
3: Yeah, absolutely, Jonathan. A lot of news today, and I'm sure it'll keep on coming. So I appreciate you having me on.
2: It is Adam Rittenberg with us on the uh, Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial is proud to partner with the small business experts at SCORE. Find a mentor today at SCORE.org. Glad that you're with me here, and I want to get your reaction to all of this because here we are on August 5th. And as a college football fan, I'm looking forward to the season starting. But what does that look like? Do, how confident are you that the NCAA can safely have fall sports? I'll, I want to get your confidence range from one to five. I want to get your thoughts on that. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776 is our telephone number. I want you to tell me your confidence level on fall sports starting. If you're a college football fan, you know what it what it means to your school and to your area. So how confident will you be that we will have fall sports? I want to get your thoughts on that right here on First Take Your Take. Uh, Alex in Nashville on ESPN Radio. Hello, Alex.
1: Hey, Jonathan. How you doing?
2: Good. Thanks for checking in.
1: Yeah, my confidence level on a scale of one to five is probably about a two. Um, I Honestly, I just don't see... In a sport like football, guys breathing all over each other, you know, sweating, you know, spitting, just, just the nature of the game, I just don't really see how the NCAA or the NFL, for that matter, is going to be able to, um, you know, con- conduct a season uh, effectively.
2: And no bubble plan either. Where's, where's the bubble plan, right? I mean, <laughs> like, like I can- if hockey and basketball have it, I think it's, it's almost impossible for the NFL to to get away from COVID nineteen, you could test all you want, but as you mentioned, the sweating, the bleeding, the pain, the price—all these things that you have to deal with with football—and a lot of these players either going to be sequestered in a in a hotel or going home—and you want them to be safe, but just like baseball, you never know,
1: right? I mean, that's hundred percent. Big... I mean, I, I I completely agree.
3: I'm I'm with you.
2: appreciate your phone call. Leaves line open, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. How confident are you that the NCAA can safely have all sports? Getting your thoughts on that right here on ESPN Radio. Now, all of our guests are on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Of course, big picture topics when it comes to the NBA. We go to Nick Friedel, who covers the NBA for ESPN and ESPN.com. Nick, thanks so much for your time, as always. So Melo, Carmelo Anthony and the Blazers, how terrific is Skinny Mello? I mean, he was getting the job done and the win for Portland. What stands out most about Mello's career and where he is right now?
0: Well, Hoodie, I agree completely with Damian Lillard. Mello was a Hall of Famer long before this last run in Portland, and the type of success that he's had both in his college career and on the international stage for Team USA speaks for itself For itself, on top of what he's done in the league. so. That is a whole separate conversation. But what he's done in the moments of Portland before the stoppage and certainly in the bubble has been awesome. For Carmelo to get his body in the shape that he's in right now and to produce the way that he has has in these kind of big moments just reinforces how great of a player he's been for such a long time and gives you pause at least that Portland can get into that eighth spot and can really become a headache for the Lakers if that's the matchup that comes. Boston's
2: loss to Miami yesterday without Jimmy Butler, I thought was uh, a tough loss for the Celtics. And watching the game, Nick, it seems as though like Boston looked very small against Miami. What, what does Miami, Milwaukee, or the Raptors have that Boston does not in the East?
0: They've got a lot of length. They've got a lot of athleticism. Uh, and those three teams that you named, honey, just have more experience uh, in the moment than that Celtics team. The Celtics team has a ton of young,
4: really, really
0: good pieces. Tatum and Brown come to the forefront. Gordon Hayward has uh, had plenty of playoff exposure, but is he the same player that he was in Utah? We'll see in this moment in time. But the reason that Miami gives Boston – same reason that so many people think they can be a dark horse here in the bubble they have a defensive intensity that we just don't see night to night uh, throughout the league much anymore and without jimmy butler to go and get that win to add jimmy at some point assuming that he comes back healthy in a few days and, and ramps up for the postseason I'm telling you, I've listened to all these Zoom calls with the Heat in the last few weeks, Mm -hmm. and they legitimately believe that they can get out of the Heat. They believe that they can do it. And I'm not saying that Boston doesn't have a similar belief, but that Heat squad is very talented, they're hungry, and they want to prove to everybody that that Heat culture that we've always heard so much about really makes a difference at this kind of moment and on this kind of platform that they see themselves in.
2: First take your take with Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. Nick Friedle is our guest as we go around the NBA. Uh, tonight at 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific time, it'll be the Lakers against Oklahoma City in the bubble in Orlando, Nick. And so with with the Lakers, what will help them solidify themselves as the best team in the West just based on looking at their roster?
0: I'm I'm concerned about the Lakers, <laughs> and I have been all year. But the reason I say that now is because when you watch this Lakers team, we know exactly what LeBron is going to give them. He's been unbelievable this season. We know exactly what Anthony Davis is going to give them. Uh, He is a top-five player and has solidified himself as one of the very best uh, for this Lakers squad and was exactly what they need. I just don't know after that who they're going to be able to count on on a nightly basis if and when either there's a small injury to one of their two stars or one of those guys can't get it going when they need to. That's the issue for for this Lakers squad because you just don't know, uh, is Danny Green going to be the guy that he was in Toronto in certain uh, moments? Is Kyle Kuzma going to step up to that level that he has needed to and, and everybody has wanted him to be over the last couple of years? I don't see it with that Lakers group the way I see it with, let's say, the Clippers or the Raptors in the East. I don't think their depth is where they need them to be. And I think ultimately that will be the difference as to why the Lakers won't get all the way into the the finals and win it this season. So
2: if I said the Lakers are the field, clearly you're looking at the field.
0: No question. To me, it's always been the Clippers. I've watched Kawhi rise to the occasion too many times in the last couple of years. I think mean, with a healthy team and getting everybody back in the bubble and getting everybody uh, focused and playing at the level defensively that Doc Rivers wants, I still say they're the favorite. And in the East study, there is so much hype surrounding Milwaukee. There has been the last couple seasons. Giannis is unbelievable. He's going to win the MVP again this year, but I think that Toronto team is still undervalued, and they have a huge chip on their shoulder because they want so badly to show the rest of the basketball world that they can win without Kawhi, and that team has a lot of killers on it that believe that when push comes to shove, they have more than anybody else does, and they can win another title.
2: Speaking of the Clippers, Lou Williams uh, spoke to the press and said that I could have – Maybe made a better quality decision, well, what's more quality than the wings of magic city in Atlanta? Your take
0: <laughs> Hoodie, not just the wings but uh, you know the
3: the environment in
0: magic city is, is is pretty nice and it's interesting now, in a pandemic i don't know if that would have been my first choice, but Lou uh is a very loyal guy obviously he he knows where he's comfortable and i, I I give him that because he will have free wing for life, I would hope, for the rest of the time in Magic City. But credit to Lou because he was honest about what happened, and, uh, and he knows that that probably wasn't the best move he could have made.
2: I think that this is a new show on Vice that Lou Williams can uh, host. You know, once he's retired from the NBA, you just go to different gentlemen's clubs and, and check out the fair. You know, I think that'll work. He'll be the Chef Ramsay of strip clubs. I think it's tremendous. Let's,
0: I mean, I really enjoyed the programming on Vice, but let's all like let's get some HBO in here. Let's, uh, let's really let's go a little deeper into all the different possibilities and all in all blues travels.
2: Nick, I'm glad you spent some time with us. Thanks for coming on the show.
0: <laughs> Always, my man. See ya.
2: <laughs> Nick Friedel with us on the Shell Penn Toil performance line. Jonathan Hood with you on First Take Your Take on ESPN Radio and the ESPN News. I think it's a great idea. I think that Lou's got something. Uh, <laughs> what a story. Um, let me squeeze in a call here. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 729 How confident are you that the NCAA can safely have fall sports. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let me go to Bobby in Washington. He's been patient right here with Jonathan Hood on ESPN Radio. Hi, Bob. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for taking my
1: call. Yes, um,
3: sir. I, I'm not super confident uh, that the NCAA is going to be able to bring back uh, football in the fall. Um, just because without a bubble, like, it's, it's pretty difficult to do. I think college football, with the conference-only schedule, Um, has a likelihood of being able to create uh, that bubble, especially with schools um, going to online only. So with students there, they're going to be able to have a better likelihood of that. But other sports like the NHL uh, and the NBA are able to have a bubble because they're just just finishing their seasons. So even those sports, once they start back up, it's going to be really difficult because they're going to be in the same position as the MLB where they're traveling around, not going to be able to do a bubble, and I feel like the same thing is going to happen kind of with the
2: virus. So, yeah, I'm, take- I'm braced for it, Bobby. I'm braced. <laughs> like, if it's not going to happen, I can, I can understand. Um, appreciate your phone call. Let me squeeze in Joe in Alabama on ESPN radio. Hi, Joe.
1: I'll tell you, I have very little confidence. they will be able to pull this off in the NFL or college football. And I'm going to give you two quick reasons why I think this is a bigger problem than they're admitting. The two biggest comorbidity factors, or two of the biggest other than being old, that people have for this disease is African Americans are dying at a much higher rate than uh, white people. Mm -hmm. And people who are obese or overweight are 40% more likely to die and five times as likely to end up hospitalized. There's a lot of 300-plus pound guys in college football and in the NFL, and despite their athleticism, they are technically obese and overweight. And there are a lot of African-Americans in college football in the NFL. And if the racial disparity remains the way it is on this disease, that's two groups that make up a large portion of the players that probably are at higher risk than anybody else in the country.
2: All right. I appreciate your perspective on that. That is a factor. That is for sure. I've been reading and seeing that as well. So I'm glad you checked in with your thoughts. And that is Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. All right, coming up next, we will talk to someone who works closely with the Big Ten. But first, let me tell you about the aforementioned Straight Talk, because you know what a full-court press is in basketball, right? Full defensive coverage with no holes. Well, that's the kind of coverage that you get with Straight Talk Wireless. It runs on America's best networks, same as big carriers, but for a lot less, for just 40 bucks a month. It gets you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G for up to 50% less than the big carriers. There's no contract, full-court coverage, 50% less, Uh, Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at StraightTalk.com. We will talk Big Ten with a two-time Super Bowl champion. That is uh, straight ahead right here on First Take, Your Take on ESPN Radio. It's First Take, Your Take, here on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, and also on SiriusXM 6 Channel 80. John of the Hood with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We turn now to a two-time Super Bowl champion on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. and analyst for the Big Ten Network, Howard Griffith, joins me here on First Take, Your Take on ESPN Radio. Howard, as always, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show.
4: Hey, thanks for having me. How are things going with you?
2: Everything's going well, especially to the reveal of the Big Ten schedule, which I will talk to you about in just a moment. But I, I want to get your thoughts. I, I opened the show by saying, you know, as you and I, are both as Gen Xers, I didn't know you could say no. Uh, I didn't know that as a, a player you <laughs> have were empowered to say, no, I, I'm just not going to do this. And it's interesting to watch the Pac-12 and Big Ten players come together. What was your initial reaction uh, to see these college athletes Um, be able to put together a coalition when it comes to COVID-19?
4: Well, I think one of the things that's important that we've seen, particularly over the last uh, three or four months, um, and also with the social unrest, that that the young people are starting to really find their voices. And and I think that's important because they should have a voice. They should be able to speak their minds and be able to give input of things that they want and things that they want to have. So I'm excited to see them, taking advantage of the opportunity to come together and start to ask for things that they feel are very important to them.
2: Howard, if is it's a big, what if, and it's a hypothetical, but I think it's relevant for our conversation when it comes to the intersection of COVID-19 and football, if the players in the PAC 12 and big 10 did not come together and you left it amongst the athletic director and coaches to say, okay, here's our plan. You're going to play anyway. It, would the player, would the coaches even listen if it wasn't a coalition in place?
4: You know, I think they would listen because I, I think if you start to look at from a conference standpoint, and also we have to remember, we talk about the coaches, all they want to do is go straight ahead. The football players, they want to play. Everybody wants to get out and participate this fall, but there's another, uh, a couple people that are also involved and that's the president of these universities and they've got a big say in what happens and and also with the governing bodies uh with the governors and mayors of, of the states and and cities across the country also have a say in it so i think that the the coaches would have listened uh, because when you've seen the social unrest we've started to see coaches really open up their minds and their eyes to the plights of other people other than them that don't look like them so I believe that they would have listened, but there's always, it's, it's a lot of money involved here. Um, so there are going to be some situations where I think people push the envelope a little bit, but I think with, within the Big Ten, having a third-party test, it's going to be responsible and being able to have a minimum of testing twice a week, uh, and that could increase depending upon that member institution in the Big Ten.
2: Big Ten Network Analyst Howard Griffith with Jonathan Hood on First Take, Your Take on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. There's a lot of old-school coaches in the conference that you cover and across the landscape of college football in general, Howard. I mean, you think some of these coaches look at the players and look at these players kind of coming together as disrespect?
4: And and that's funny because I I think in in some ways they would have if we haven't had the murder of, of George Floyd because when we had that social unrest, teams started to really come together and you really started, not just teams, but I think you even look at corporate America when people started to listen uh, to what people had to say and some of their issues that they're having and the way you're treated. So I believe and want to believe that these coaches were starting to listen. Now, I understand that you can look at it from a standpoint of, of disrespect, but they have to be able to listen. They have to understand that the players that they're bringing into their their universities come from different backgrounds and different walks of life. Uh, so being able to understand them and their plights is very important, and I think that's going to help them as they try to maneuver through COVID nineteen. Because the reality is, there are going to be some there are going to be some positive tests during the season for college with college football. If we're able to get the season off. And the coaches that are able to be able to maneuver, pivot, make adjustments uh, are the ones that will have the most success as they move through this.
2: So for those that have not seen from the Players' Tribune, and it's now on ESPN.com, so the Big Ten player demands, third party approved by players to administer COVID-19 testing and to enforce all COVID-19 health and safety standards, sufficient penalties for noncompliance amongst the others, has banned the use of COVID-19 liability waivers, coverage for all out-of-pocket medical expenses related to COVID-19, but short-term and the long-term incurred by active college athletes. You got a chance to see these demands. Um, do you believe this is doable? Do you believe that the the Players Coalition can win with a number of these bullet points?
4: Well, I think when you talk about third-party testing, I think that's already, that's already been a play. It's been announced that that's what's going to be happening. Uh, before. So I, I think part of the thing is, yes, these players have come together and they're, they're, they've come out and they put this document together, but they also had some help putting this document together and the person that put the document together, I don't know if he actually he or she actually knew exactly what the Big Ten Conference specifically was doing because some of these things have already been addressed. Now, the one thing that I believe that, that is important across the board is long-term medical health if if a player contracts COVID-19, because we don't know. And, you know, that's something that, you know, hopefully you know they're able to get pushed through uh, to make happen. And I know some universities already, if there's some, a significant injury that a player has, they do pick up some of those costs uh, moving forward. Um, but this is still something that can be very clear and can be cleared up through the conference. And it'll be interesting to see what the conference response is, to some of the other demands that they have on the list.
2: Big Ten schedule was released, and normally we would be very interested in seeing the how the schedule is going to, to line up. I, I think that there is a lot of fluidity in this schedule, which I think is smart by the Big Ten just in case. What stands out most about some of these matchups for the upcoming season?
4: You know, that's the thing about it, right? You talk about the matchups, teams you know, added a game. I think the schedule is is, is pretty balanced. Um, as far as matchups are concerned, you, you look at the Ohio State-Michigan game, which is traditionally uh, played later in the season. That game has been moved up, and I think they were trying to get those division games uh, taken care of early, if possible. But then on the back end, you know, they, there's an opportunity that to, you don't you have. If, you, if you're forced to, to miss some games or something happens, you have an outbreak, you're able to readjust the schedule. You have two bye weeks and I think the four the four weeks at the end of the season in that conference championship game, if everything were to go perfect as far as scheduling's concerned, they'll be able to move that up. So I think the biggest takeaway uh, is really the, is really just the ability to maneuver and move things around if need be when you look at the schedule, more so than the matchups that that are out there. The ability to to really create some some opportunities to play some games if you find yourself getting into trouble.
2: Yeah. What Howard is really saying is that his alma mater, Illinois, is going to steamroll through this, uh, this schedule, <laughs> starting with hell coming to breakfast against Ohio State in week one. Hello.
4: That'll wake <laughs> you up, right? That, that'll get the juices flowing. But, you know, it, it actually, is actually, if you think about it, um, in many ways for a team like Illinois, having Ohio State that's going to come in, as the favorite to win the Big Ten, uh, to be able to now know that's who you're going to face that first week. It's not going to make it any easier, but I think you immediately get the attention of not only your staff, but obviously your players, and they're going to be playing that game here pretty soon, so they're going to have to get dialed in. I think they go to practice uh, either tomorrow or Friday, so they better get ready to go. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Lastly, Howard, I appreciate your time. Uh, again, this is something really big to find out whether or not we're going to get, have any kind of football, NFL or college, and how this is going to look. But if asked, would a young Howard Griffith play through this COVID-19?
4: I, I, would, I would still be on the fence moving forward. I think the biggest thing for me would be, do I trust my coaches and administrators uh, at my school? I, I think that would be the first thing. And if you have some trust, and those those people there, then you can start to see is there a possibility. But I think this is going to be very fluid. We're seeing players that are uh, opting out. We're seeing it happen every day. You're going to see more as the season, as we get to the season and also through camp. And and I think during the actual season we're going to see it because it's very fluid. But to answer your question, today I would play with the season coming down the the road, and you can see that because I think that's what players want that's what coaches want they want to get out there, but this thing could change in twelve hours as you know uh it's very fluid and I think people's um ideas of what they ultimately want to do as far as their personal choices to 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 go out and play and possibly be infected are things that that they're going to each and every one of these players are going to have to take into. Uh, serious consideration along with, I'm sure, the guidance from their parents. Howard,
2: I'm glad you spent some time with me. Uh, looking forward to seeing what happens with this college football season. Great to see the schedule. Now we want to see whether or not we're going to see some uh, some action on the field. So I'm glad you stopped by first take your take.
4: All right, I appreciate it. Take care and stay safe.
2: All right, uh, two-time Super Bowl champion, Big Ten Network analyst Howard Griffith with us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, brought to you by Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Straight ahead, how thirsty is LeBron for a championship in the bubble? We'll talk about that coming up next. Jonathan Hood on First Take, your take on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. Jonathan Hood on First Take Your Take on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. The Lakers take on Oklahoma City tonight on ESPN. And I have had a ball watching the restart of the NBA. I think that Michelle Roberts and Adam Silver and those working to put the bubble infrastructure together, they have done a fantastic job of putting everything in place for me and everyone else that enjoys the NBA to watch, it just, you know, from the Microsoft fans they are there, the, the virtual fans that are watching to everything else. It reminds me of either the G League showcase, in which even the G League showcase doesn't look as good as this, or just kind of like a super summer league. All of it. It just looks great. Uh, if I asked you to pick the Lakers or the field to win the NBA championship, who would you pick? We know the Lakers, right? So let's look at the field. Milwaukee, they've won a lot of games in the regular season. Mike Budenholzer is a terrific head coach. Uh, He rested Giannis and Middleton in the second half of their game against Brooklyn. But Milwaukee just seems like they're a player short of someone that can consistently make shots. I don't mean like the veteran Kyle Korver. I mean someone that is either in the starting lineup or someone that can come off the bench with maximum minutes to be able to help Giannis and Middleton. So I always think they're just a player short. Toronto, it's a team that I can believe in. I believe that team can win the East, even without Kawhi Leonard. Nick Nurse is a fantastic coach. Siakam, Anubi, uh, Gasol, Kyle Lowry, Van Vliet. I mean, I, I love them playing together as a ball club. Boston, Tatum is fantastic. My concern is their defense, though. With Theus, he's been very good replacing Al Horford. Um, but he's got to be able to handle like these bigs like Embiid and Lopez, Brook Lopez, and Marcus all inside. That's going to be tough for them defensively. They have plenty offensively. Defensively, can they stop guys in the interior from the foul line down? And then you take a look at teams in the West like, my, my, well, let me mention Miami because I, I really think that Bam Adebayo as well as uh, as Jimmy Butler as a leader, very good for this Miami team. Uh, Miami won without Jimmy Butler the other day. But in the West, like the Clippers were Kawhi and Paul George, Denver's solid team, Houston. it Maybe it's just my beer goggles sitting in the hood cave watching Houston, but the Rockets look really good. They look sustainable in the West. The pocket Rockets looking good. Uh, maybe it's... Just me watching the games and really enjoying the NBA again, but I liked them a lot. Uh I was r- 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 wrong about the Thunder. Look how good they have been. And Dallas with Przingis and Luka Doncic, the arrows pointing up for them. But then there's the Lakers. And as much as I respect LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I'm not an NBA dope. Of course, I like those two. Of course, they are two of the top 10 players in the league. I'm not a basketball moron, but I'm betting against... The others on that team, I need to see Danny Green and KCP and Al Caruso and, and Kuzma and Waiters, et cetera, et cetera, to take it up several notches to produce and solidify the Lakers as a battle-tested championship team. I mean, the, the Clippers look better in the, in the West. Now, who else is going to step up bet- besides LeBron and Anthony Davis? Those are big question marks uh, regarding the Lakers. Good team. Team is going to make a deep run. But how good will they be? Uh, moving forward here in the bubble on their quest for a championship. Our thanks to you for listening to First Take Your Take with me, Jonathan Hood, here on ESPN Radio. Our thanks to Connor and Mike and Shannon in his car. Coming up next, it'll be Stan Verrett and Neil Everett with ESPN Afternoons on most of our ESPN Radio stations right here on ESPN Radio and ESPN News.